615 presents Off the Record with Tom Lamore and Cami Fox. Off the Record 615. Off the Record. Yes, welcome back to 615 Off the Record podcast. I'm Tom Lamore, aka Tom the Lips, and my co host, Cami Fox. Cammy here, the co-host of the podcast, and today we have special guest Ash Williams, hospitality leader who has worked for the likes of Neighbourhood, Victors, and is now looking after one of Manchester's latest spots, Firefly. Ash, how are we doing? Gents, good afternoon. Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, hello. This is nice, isn't it? Lovely. Yeah, nice to have you on the on the poddy. Yeah, look, I, I, excuse my office, I have to sit in my car because two young kids at home, mate, it's absolute carnage. Oh, so uh, this, <laughs> no, this, no, is, this, is my, this is my working from home for the last five weeks. Yeah, no, I don't blame, I don't blame you, mate. Get out get out of the house, get in the quiet. <laughs> <laughs> um, luckily now Ted's uh, six and he's on with his schoolwork, so he's a bit quieter. Your uh, your video on Facebook with you on the sax and him on the drums. Oh, yeah, in, in his treehouse. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Brilliant. I tell you I'm what, Cam, Tell you what, Cabby, you could learn a thing or two, couldn't you? I know, he plays, he, he plays in time, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got competition, I've got competition, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> right, guys, so uh, those of you who listen regularly to the podcast, you'll know uh, the script on, on how this goes. Uh, for those of you that don't, who are just joining us, we're going to have a brief chat. Ash is going to tell us a little bit about who he is, who he represents, what he's done. Uh, we'll go through some of the industry questions and what you guys might want to know, tricks of the trade, things like that. And then we'll get on to the collaborations with 615 and a little bit about the history of our relationship. So, Ash, tell everyone a little bit about who you are, uh, currently what company you represent, but feel free to throw in the companies you have represented and where people might know you from. Great. Okay. Uh, yeah, so my name is Ashley Williams. Um, I've been it's like a, this is your life, isn't it? I've been in the hospitality <laughs> sector for uh, seven and a half years now. So a bit of background on me. I've, I've got a couple of degrees. I'm a sport nutritionist and a hearing aid audiologist. And then I kind of fell into hospitality seven and a half years ago. I started way back when as a waiter uh, when Neighbourhood Manchester first opened. And I was very fortunate to be in a business that grew very quickly and it actually became uh, a real significant operator in the city. So neighbourhood grew quite quickly uh, and with the progression of the company, my role also progressed. So I went from waiter to uh, brand manager in the space of a year and then I went from brand manager to brand director in a space of two and a half years and I was there for a total of seven. So uh, I've kind of been through the mill. I actually left the business uh, last summer, but within that time, we went from one venue to a total of six venues. We had 150 staff, or they still have, but 150 staff members, uh, and we took on private equity investment. So, you know, my role as a as a pretty green operator from a waste all the way up to brand director in the space yeah. of seven years, it's been, well, it was a fantastic journey. Uh, yeah. I learned a lot gained a lot of great experience and just to work very closely with, uh, with, with, with James, obviously, who's the CEO there, you know, he became a, a role model of mine and, you know, we had a great relationship and I learned, I learned a lot from some great people. There was a few, um, a few reasons why I chose to depart Waze last year, um, but I'm now working within Foodline Firefly. 
the, the Food Wild brand is, again, it, it's a leader in the city uh, and they focus on, their concept is revolving around mind, body and soul. They, they are a healthy eating concept, but without being too preachy. So their business is centered around a yoga studio, which is, uh, which is very cool. And the yoga then evolves into lunch trade and the lunch trade then evolves into the Firefly concept. So uh, we're a seven-day-a-week operation. Um, Christian Coates, who is the, the founder and the CEO there, he's got a great uh, background in history. He was the founder of Soulmate Food, which was one of the, the UK's first fresh food meal prep distributor. Wow. So his knowledge, uh, his knowledge and his intel into food and nutrition is the real anchor for that business. So we've worked very closely. I created or helped create the Firefly concept with Christian, which has given them uh, kind of a new lease of life, competing in the late night sector. I'm sure Christian won't mind me uh, explaining or informing that his food well model, although it's on trend, although the food uh, is healthy, you know, it's vegan and vegetarian-led, it's what people now desire with a healthy lifestyle. Unfortunately, commercially, it didn't really stack up. You know, when you, when you take on board your rates and your rent yeah. and your staff, it, it just doesn't make the cash. So uh, the evolution of Firefly, which, as I mentioned, is the late-night concept, um, it just allows us to take it up a gear. And also, you, you know as well, so you've obviously started doing a bit of training now, but um, <laughs> anyone who is health-conscious... People that go to the gym, you know, they're not machines. Like no. People like myself, I go to the gym Monday to Friday and I eat well and it's predominantly vegan, vegetarian-led and I don't really eat sugar and, and I don't enjoy, indulge. But at the weekend, I want to have a few beers, do you know what I mean? I want to yeah. eat a fish or a chicken or a black cod. So now the Food Well and Firefly model gives people this lifestyle-led business where Monday to Wednesday or Monday to Thursday, you can be health conscious. You can go and do your yoga workout. You can eat your quinoa salad or your, you know, your ramen, which is fantastic. But yeah. then at the weekend, we've recognized that people want to let, you know, the human beings, they want to let their hair down. Mm. They want to indulge. They want a few cocktails on a Saturday night. They want to listen to the Saxon drums. They want to, you yeah. know, they want to be out till one, one in the morning. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited about where, where we're going to take the business. Naturally, the current situation is not ideal for any operator. No. Uh, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that soon. But um, I think with the food world concept, the future is exciting because of the avenues we can go down, i.e. Yeah. meal prep, online subscription, information and education about food and the gut and nutrition. So again, I'm sure we'll talk about that. But yeah, it, yeah. it's hopefully going to be an exciting time. Yeah, yeah, it's a great venue. Uh, it's, a, it's a great concept as well. And it's obviously got, well, we've watched it progress again over the last few months even um from what it was to what it is now it's made some um great progression there's a great team in there there's some familiar faces and some some good like obviously with you guys behind it and yourself and christian and it seems to be doing very very well obviously you mentioned there the current situation we the covid outbreak which is something that none of us uh, well, it's, it's a bit of a guessing game for everyone at the moment. There's no real direction, and particularly for the hospitality industry, there's been a lot of challenges. Aside from that, and obviously by all means mention the challenges of COVID, but also what do you think the challenges are of the industry as a whole? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, at the moment, it's actually been back in time a year ago when Brexit was coming, and it's not you can't compare it to Brexit, but what it does compare to is this element of uncertainty. And operators yeah. at the moment, they are they're preparing for the worst but hoping for the best. 
Yeah. And the challenge is right now, this furlough process is actually, it's been a real gift. Yeah. Because it allows operators to breathe. It allows them to retain the staff. It allows them to negotiate rent and rate and supplier uh, periods, which has been fine. And obviously there is, there is a, a rent break in there of three months. So right now, the current hospitality sector, although it's on lockdown, it's, it's manageable, right? It's okay. Yeah, yeah it is. The, yeah. the, the challenge will be, and again, this is all speculation, but the challenge will be, if we reopen at the end of, and again, I make this date up, the end of June, and we open with so many restrictions that make your venue become 50% or, or 75% capacity. Yeah. The tables are at a distance. You know, there's face masks. There, there's just no enjoyment in going out. And then within that, the furlough uh, contribution is, is taken away or relaxed. Operators are then facing, you know, with a big, dark, black hole because the rents don't go away. The no, rates no. aren't going away. Your staff are now back in the business and you've got to pay them. So there's a lot of challenges that lie ahead. And yeah. look, every day yeah. I read um, reports and blogs and podcasts and interviews in the press, which are great and you know they're insightful. But unfortunately, everyone's saying the same, that the, the future of hospitality and events is, is, is pretty bleak. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's, there's two or three types of people, right? You've got the hedonists that are, are out there saying... I don't care. I'm not going to wear a face mask. It's fine. Uh, bring it on. You know, we'll deal with it, which is great. And it's, it's confident. And it's positive. And you've got kind of the middle, the middle man who's, you know, he will go by what the government tells him to do or her to do, which is, again, it's fine. And then you've got the other side of the fence or the, or, or, or the low end of the fence where they're sitting tight saying, listen, we're safety first. Yeah. We would rather not open for 12 months, you know. Give us furlough for 12 months. Let's, let's ride it out. Let's, Let's get the second uh, influx of, uh, of COVID-19, or it might be the third by this point in, in 12 months' time, and then we can reassess from there. But unfortunately, there's just so much speculation now. Yeah. Obviously, America have opened, and they had a different process to us, but they went on full lockdown. You know, they're, they're a bigger country than we are. And there's a lot of operators that have now closed, and they'll, they, they may not come back, or they'll reinvigorate and come back at a different way, shape, or form. Mm. Italy uh, and Spain, uh, they're now slowly getting back up and running. And you've seen in the press that front-facing cafes uh, are allowed to open. Mm. But restaurant, bars, clubs, you know... Yeah, but then you look at Germany. Germany tried to reopen. They've had another wave of uh, high admittance to hospital of people with it. Yeah. Look, I I, I can only speak uh, on behalf of what we're doing or what we're gearing up to do. Yeah. We have a team that's pretty uh, forward-thinking and, and we can pivot and quite dynamic. And our focus is, and I'm sure a lot of restaurant, op- I'm talking about hospitality here, but a lot of restaurant operators will be conscious that they need to, they need to elevate. They need to, get, they need to get better with tech. They need to get more online. And it's very difficult for every business to do so. And it's easier said than done. But online for me, it doesn't necessarily mean your product. And your product's great if it can go online. But operators need to start educating. You know, there's ways to do masterclasses. There's ways to inform and educate what food... Again, I'll use Foodwell as, a, as an example, but yeah. Foodwell predominantly is, is good. The food produced is good for you. So we can talk about gut health. We can talk about how food is linked to depression and confidence and, and sleep. You know, there's 
So, so we've got a tick box exercise. You can take different operators who may not be as fortunate to have a healthy eating based concept, but they'll all each have their USP. Yeah. So I think businesses looking to take their model online is, is a must. Businesses packaging their, their business to take at home is a must. Yeah. Yeah. And that is food, drink and experience. Um, yeah, just just to interrupt you there, actually, because it's a very good point you're getting on to. And I suppose it covers what my next question was going to be about kind of where you see the industry going. I want you yeah. to carry on discussing the taking the businesses online and, and dining from home and, and packaging up essentially what, again, I'll use Foodwell as an example, you package up in a box, quite literally, what Foodwell and Firefly is and send that to the customer so they can kind of experience that from home and I suppose with with 615 what we're doing is doing the uh, the live streams which I know you've watched and you've shared and, and you've, yeah, seen, yeah, and you've seen them and I've spoken to a lot of people and I just can't see that as much as quite a lot of operators are saying you know this is going to affect the way it's going to affect people's behavior well for the future really it's going to change the, the behavioural patterns of people which is life as we know it, essentially. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd, I'd love to know your opinion on, on this because my, my thoughts are that as good as online live streaming is and let's say they relax the issues of the, the copyright and, and all the rest of it and you can comfortably live stream music online as a way to record what's being played and the artists benefit from that, which ultimately needs to be what happens... I just can't see that that would continue because people want to be with people. And the feedback that I've got is, yeah, it's great. It's keeping people happy at the moment. But everybody's still looking at it as a temporary solution to being able to go back to normal. Yeah. Um, well, I, I think on that, there's, there's a couple of points. The first one is, it doesn't matter what, and I mean this in all respect, it doesn't matter what people will want to do. And look, I don't want to get too deep about medium and politics and corrupt, you know, there's, there's a different conversation to be had, but we are now <laughs> yeah. bound, unfortunately, to what the government tells us to do. Yeah. Much like we've had to go into lockdown, you know, we've, we've been bound to our homes, which, you know, people have adapted very well and there's a lot of positives come out of it, but we will be bound to, and again, I make this up, but smaller gatherings. And let's say it's 10 to 20 people. Yeah. A restaurant or bar cannot operate with small gatherings in their business. It will just fall down and crumble. Yeah. So that will mean that individuals, people, will be then having small gatherings. And small yeah. gatherings may be in a house party. So let's say we've got a house, that you and I are having a house party and we invite yeah. 20 people. Yeah. We're having that house party because it's governed by the government and that's, that's, that's only how far we can get to for phase one. I agree with you what you're saying, but I disagree that the fact you, 615, and lots of other entertainment businesses have really changed entertainment you know online streaming has become pretty cool yeah. people have adapted to a new norm people are saving more money people are engaging with their friends and family more than ever on the flip side to that is people also forget very quickly yeah. so you're right people want to be in their home and they'll do house parties and stuff, but they'll, they'll get bored right so then they want to go out yeah so i think it's all going to be in stages where short-term live streaming restaurants at home food at home taking a party at home it will be the new phase it will be cool and people will enjoy it probably for the summer period yeah yeah it's monetizing it for the businesses though because the online streaming you can't make money from that we we as a business you can't unfortunately right now 
there's no way really to to monetize it. There just isn't. It's very, very difficult because because of the restrictions in place or already for playing other people's music, which I fully agree with because as, as an artist, if my tracks were being played, yeah, I'm not going to receive any royalties for that in the current situation because that's why essentially why social media have an algorithm and uh, systems in place to recognize music and and stop a live stream for copyright purposes because people mm. don't own the music and that's what all the DJs are saying it's heat listen we've played records on our label that have been pulled down yeah I've played my own tracks that have been pulled down uh, because they're my tracks but they're signed to a, a label so technically uh, the rights or some of the rights belong to a label but I've also had um, label bosses complaining about it because they're getting their own tracks pulled down that are signed to their label so ultimately if we are going to go down that route there needs to be a platform that people pay to get the content as you as an operator would pay us to put a DJ into your bar, to put a sax player into your bar, you would get paid for a set fee. That's how we make a living right now. The platform that we use for live streams, online content, we're doing it as a uh, as a free service. We're not making any money. It's basically to keep our brand out there during a time that everybody's not allowed to go out. Obviously, like you said, none of us can really predict what's going to happen in the future. And I don't want to dwell on it too long on this podcast. Uh, there's other stuff to talk, for us to move on and talk about. But I honestly think that we could be in a position where artists and events companies don't have any work and no, and no, no ability to make money off some of the content that they're putting out there. Yeah, look, it, it, it's a real challenge for... And I guess... As an operator, of course, you know, you, you you think about different suppliers and relationships, but I guess when the, the times get tough, you kind of put your shell up and just think about your own 100%. people, right? Yeah, 100%. So, you know, you speaking about it now, it's yep. a very good yep. point. And I think as, again, going back to restaurateurs who have a fixed abode, a fixed unit, there's going to be, there already are rent breaks and there's talks now, um, uh, Jay, a chap called JD from the hospitality union, uh, union. He's written to the chancellor to say, "Look, you know, restaurants need uh, a twelve-month rent break here, or nine, yeah, twelve, sorry, nine-month rent break to survive, hmm. which is fine." Yeah. Uh, and then there's grants and there's loans, and it will all kind of stack up. Um, hmm. But you're right for for people like yourself, for DJs, for entertainers, for dancers, for magicians. The list goes on and on and on. You know what 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 is your support? You know, where is the income coming to come from? And if you're, like I said, if, if you can't even stream your live mixes online without getting them pulled down, it's, it's not really encouraging for you guys, is it? No, no, it's, it's, very, it's very difficult. Listen, without, we're not going to get bogged down with the, the COVID thing. Everybody's, you know, in the same boat, so to speak. I keep saying that. But right now, we are all in the same boat. Hopefully, we are going to know more and we are going to know when restrictions or a plan to start lifting restrictions even if it's gradually uh will be in place moving on can, from that um, can, I, can i ask you a question tom i know yeah. that's not how it works but yeah, no, you, you know as a you are the business leader of your business i know i know there's a couple of you involved but you know the strategy and the focus you know i'm sure a lot of that weight lies on your shoulders 
Have you already been thinking about what the future looks like and what what is next for you guys? If if it is the worst case scenario, let's say, look, this is this is hindsight. Let's say we are on full lockdown for for twelve months. Worst case scenario, what yeah. what does it look like for your business? That's a difficult question to answer because there's a lot of factors I think that come into play. If that's the case, that you've got to be able to look at like you said, like go back to your furlough, go back to the grants and the loans and uh, what the government are going to do to help should they put those restrictions in place for the hospitality industry. I suppose. Any business, it's relying on knowing factors to be able to make decisions. Right now, we've cut back, we've furloughed a number of staff. Uh, we've tried to get some rate relief, uh, things like that, payment holidays. Um, right now, it's a difficult question to answer, like I say. I yeah, know, I'm sorry, sort I of like, I'm, it's I'm just a good going, question. Just it is a good question. Right now. I'm skimming over it because it's sort of tough because I don't think we've even had the, the conversations ourselves together to, to look at that right now. Take it a day at a time is yeah. what I've been doing. I've been yeah. trying not to overstress on it because actually it's going to lead me on quite nicely, thanks Ash, to the next question for you. But <laughs> It is deemed to be an extremely stressful time right now. It, we're in a very, very difficult time and there's a number of things that people will want to know about how to deal with stress. So going on to the next uh, question, which I've, I've found to be quite a good question for all the guests we've had so far. How do you personally, do, and, and this situation aside, right, because to be honest with you right now, and I'm sure you're glad to get a bit of time at home with the family because I'm in that position right now, but I'm sure that will change eventually and lead <laughs> to extreme levels of stress with young kids and babies and stuff. So take it, forget COVID, go back to last year, your busiest yeah. time. How would you deal with being uber busy and stressed or at a difficult period of time within the business? Yeah, look, that it's a, it's a great question and one actually I can speak uh, firsthand about. So I don't mind sharing the fact that this time last year, well, it was actually January last year, we'd just come over or come out the festive periods, extremely busy across all six venues. Um, lots of pressures on the business uh, for, for many different reasons. Our, our second child had, had just been born. Then I got diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a chronic bowel disorder. So you can imagine my stress levels were sky high. Um, But as a result of all of that, it it kind of changed me as a person. Uh, It changed me spiritually and not in regards to uh, religious, uh, spiritual uh, understandings and and, uh, my feelings and and that that part of spirituality, but more spirituality of how I look after my body, what I think about myself, how I schedule and structure my days. So during my uh, most challenging time with stress, I changed my diet very drastically. Um, During December of 2018, I was eating two or three McDonald's a week. I was drinking a Red Bull every day. I was, you know, probably drinking too much beer and the rest of it. So I went fully, overnight went fully vegan. Fully vegan, no sugar, no dairy, no wheat. Um, I went from having five or six hours sleep a night to sleep in seven or eight hours a night. Again, this all came from the spirituality kind of structure. So I'd wake up at uh, 5.30, 6am. I'd go and train, go out for a run first thing in the morning. I'd then reflect and read and journal. Uh, I'd eat well. I'd manage stress better. I'd talk better. And that kind of got me on the road to managing stress. So 
ironically, this time around, although there are similar emotions of stress and probably more more challenges regarding financial concerns and where the business or businesses might look like and where they might go in the future, I've actually been pretty relaxed because my body now knows how to deal with stress a lot better. Yeah. So that was a, quite a long question, but to deal with the question, what, what I believe in, and I, I, I'm a real advocate of this now, and actually ties in quite nicely to the work I'm doing at, you know, within Foodwell and Firefly and the relationship with, you know, we're building there as a, as, a, as a brand. What you put into your body, it comes out the other side. You know, your gut, they call your gut the second brain. Consuming sugar, consuming saturated fats, consuming too much alcohol or nicotine or fast food, like it's just not good for you. And do you know what? what's really funny? I saw on your social media, I think it was this morning or yesterday, a post about replacing McDonald's for your local food yeah. and veg stores. Like yeah. That is pivotal. That is rule 101. For stress, change your diet. Yeah. Second factor get your sleep, like sleep is key. And there's so many of these entrepreneurial leaders or influencers out there at the moment saying, you can sleep when you're dead and you, you only need to sleep four or five hours a night. For me, my opinion, that's a load of rubbish. And yeah. there's so many... Everyone's uh, different like, with that, 100%. Yeah. Yep. You know, and, and some people can manage off four or five hours sleep, but the science says that you need between seven and nine hours of sleep per night. So for me, again, sleeping seven to nine hours a night Seven to eight or seven to nine hours a night is manages or helps you manage stress. Exercise goes without saying. You've probably seen on social. I've been doing a lot of running. Up well, this happened started a year ago, mm-hmm. but running and getting outside to do activity is key. And and finally, spending time with your kids. Yeah, you know, spending time with your partner, and if you're fortunate enough to have children, like just disengaging from from the world of social and your phone and your emails. Yeah. Uh, is a must for stress. So there's a lot of factors there, but you know, I think all of them play a vital part. And again, just on, on social media, social media is fantastic for so, so many reasons and so many things. You know, you've been able to keep your business alive through social media. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that are becoming more stressed and too stressed and more anxious just by engaging too much in social media, by engaging too much in the, the COVID-19 and, and the media, like it's it's just not healthy for you. Yeah, and the conspiracy theories, which, listen, I love, but it can lead to so much anxiety because a lot of the conspiracy theories, an individual has absolutely no control over. Uh, one thing we touched on, which I think you've already sort of covered there in terms of how to manage stress and also anxiety because diet and fitness are up, up there in the top probably the top two things to help with somebody suffering from anxiety and depression. Yeah. Uh, We have touched on that briefly on pretty much every episode, I think, because it is a massive factor for people in the hospitality industry and the events and nightlife. We are out at night, but we're running a business in the day. And you you were the same, particularly at Neighbourhood. You'd see you out all night, drive home, get back, probably have a Mackey's on the way home at at a weekend, because that's what most of us used to do. And have about four hours sleep and then try and get up with your family or whatever. Yeah. And that will eventually break somebody. Burning the candle at both ends, it might lead to a, a health disorder. It might lead to a mental health disorder. It will. It could lead to a breakdown in relationships. Everything like that, it's really important to touch on. <clears throat> uh, but do, 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 you know, do you know what's funny on that though, Tom? Just very quickly, the irony of all of that. And even now that we're talking about it, you have mentors or leaders or influencers in your life that will always tell you, you know, you look a bit tired. I think you're overdoing it. You're working too hard. 
And the response is, I'll be fine. I'm all yeah. right. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Mm. And it, it unfortunately, it does take a health issue or a bit of a breakdown or whatever it may take. It takes it takes a factor. It takes something to hit a brick wall and to make you realize that this is not what it's about. I can't continue to work and to be and to live like this. So, mm. you know, although people can... can uh, mitigate and manage along the way unfortunately it does take something to hit them like a brick wall yeah it's a wake-up uh, call it's, it's a, a wake-up call yeah. yeah it's the wake-up call listen that it's been a unbelievably different uh to a lot of the other ones and great chat so far we've covered some serious issues there and we've got deep into the ins and outs of of the industry as as we know it yeah so how did you first meet 615 tom that was the very beginning because I believe you two first met before obviously 615 was yeah I, th- um, I th- yeah I think we did I think we met before we start, started 615 yeah well, yeah well me, there was Dax and I I think I've got one of those familiar faces and Tom was like oh we've known each other for like 15 years but I've not been around that long so to be honest I don't know the answer there but what I do know is Tom came into our business through I think it was through a, a separate source uh, but very quickly well actually the actual starting point, the the, the 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 pinnacle of our blossoming relationship, I don't remember fully, but what I do remember is the first time you came into neighbourhood, obviously you came in as a sax player and there was a difference of opinion and it didn't really quite work straight away, then you came back. And since that moment, I think you and I as 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 people, as 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 businessmen, as mates, you know, we we created a strong relationship very quickly. Yeah. yeah. And not that was seven and a half years ago, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I've I've seen you nearly every weekend for seven and a half years. It's yeah, been, it's that's been unfortunate for you. Isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. It's, I do. I agree with that. I think it's hard to pinpoint that. But going on to our relationship blossom, like you say, since uh, neighbourhood, even since the first time we were in there, many people won't know uh, that we were. We, there was a short period where we weren't doing entertainment there, but mm. I don't think that matters because I think. The time that we came back, I think it really did go from strength to strength as a brand. I completely agree. Look, I, I, I can be honest, you know, you you was a significant factor of the success, especially for, for the neighbourhood model across all of the cities. You know, we would, or people, guests, guests would come to the business just to see you guys. Yeah. And I think credit to you, again, as people, as an operators, you guys, you, you, you're very dynamic you understand or understood what we wanted to achieve. You was very aligned with our ways of working, our professionalism. The people that you had around you just delivered, uh, you know, the same as the guys at the top was delivering. And it was just, it was a great relationship, right? And it, yeah. it just worked. It was, yeah. you know, very quickly, it just became so easy where you didn't really, you didn't have to be managed. Like you guys embedded into the ethos and the culture and the philosophy. And it just became, it became a partnership. Yeah. It definitely mm. became a partnership. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Yeah. Um, what do you think then, uh, so you've, you've, again, you've just brushed up on that, on that answer, but what do you think of 615 as a whole and the people behind the brand? I'm a big fan of yours. You know, like I said, we've, I'm sure we'll work together long into the future on many occasions and different business journeys and, and opportunities. But I think credit to you guys is the leadership, is the people at the top people that are flying the flag, the people that are guest facing. Through the good times, you'll be there. And through the bad times, you'll definitely be there. And even through the times where we probably didn't agree, you know, you as, 
you were there to take it on the chin and you were, you know, the beauty of what you, especially you, Tom, this is not about blowing smoke, but as a leader, you'll always have the back of all of your guys. Like, even if they've done something wrong, you'll take it on the chin, but you'll always defend them and you'll have them first, which is, you know, it's credit to you because it's very easy in a position where you're sat in front of a board or business leaders and you're getting it in the net. You could very easily say, well, you know, it's it's him, it's you know what I mean, but you yeah. know, you take you take it and it's it's your business and whatever, you know, poo, I didn't want to swear, but poo poo rolls downhill. So if there was ever a problem, even though it might have been one of your guys, you will always take take the rap for them and lead from the front. So uh, I think one of the, the the strengths of your business is yourself. It's the guys that've been there from the start. It's Dax. It's Cammy. You know they're the core people of your business, and they represent your business everywhere you go. So, yeah, you should be proud of the people, mate. People make the business, right? For sure. Yeah, hundred percent. And I know Dax and, and myself have that's been our ethos from since we set it up together is to be offer that that service and and that treatment to everybody. By the way, for everyone listening, I didn't put him up to that answer. That was a genuine, honest answer from uh, Mr. It's in the heart, yeah. It's a tough industry. It's a tough gig, right? It's a tough mm. industry for you guys to be in. It's late night. It's challenging. Everyone's got an opinion. Every guest has got an opinion. Every manager's got an opinion. Like, it's tough. But the way you guys handle that pressure and you handle the feedback, it's, uh, you know, yeah, credit to you guys. That's why still doing it what 10 years how many years been doing it uh well we've had 615 for six years i personally i've been playing on the scene let's say in manchester since i was nine 18 so 15 years i've been doing clubs for 18 years wow. um yeah. obviously not as regular as it did become i think but the, the pivotal point for, for me was i was about 24 and I'd set up a smaller management called Unlimited Musician Management, where I had a couple of people on board, one of which was Dax. And then from then that progressed to, I absolutely loved Dax, trust him in my life. We'd become best friends very quickly into that journey of him supporting my old management, but also developing himself as an artist. I tell you, he's very, very different now from what he was when I first met him, that's yeah. for sure. And that relationship really did, like, like you said before, it really did blossom for us. And that's the, the, the pivotal point then, again, so the second turning point for me in my journey personally was meeting Dax. Uh, we briefly discussed this before, but Danny Howard uh, from Radio 1 introduced Dax to me uh, on an old residency that me and him held at Avicii White in Manchester. Yeah. Uh, and that then changed everything for us. 6.15 changed everything for us. And I think that was 2014 when we actually registered the company, but we were still working at the time, Dax at the bank and me as an estate agent. And then we were in, I think actually we we were with Neighbourhood in under my old management. I yeah, you that was. Contract, yeah, you were. I think. yeah, yeah. I can yeah. remember, yeah. And you merged it with yeah. that neighbourhood. And I That's think just right. to go back to the original question, obviously the people do make the business, but also... You know, it's it's the, it's the talent. The talent is what keeps yeah. it going. Mega uh, important. Yeah, sure. mega, mega important, that is. Um, okay, so Ash, it's been brilliant to talk to you. Uh, we're going to go into our final round of quick-fire questions. Cammy's going to start us off. So, Ash, who is your celebrity doppelganger? Okay, I've got, I've got a couple. So, a few years back, when I had a bit more 
weight on my face. I was probably, uh, I used to get ca- called Mersey all the time. I eat Ollie Mers. Um, oh, yeah, I, yeah. I can but see I, it. I, 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 but I've slimmed out a bit now and he stayed uh, with a bit of weight on him, so I don't look very similar. But there's also a guy, I don't know if you watched, do you ever watch The O.C.? Oh, a, Cam, a, his name's Cam, isn't it? Cam, Cam Gigan, yeah. Gigan, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Giga, yeah, him. So yeah. Yeah, I'd, li- I'd like to be recognised like Jamie Redknapp, to be honest, but uh, yeah, I'm not, as, I'm not as sharp as Jamie Redknapp. So yeah, Ollie Mays, unfortunately. <laughs> Ollie Mays, wow. That'll do, that'll do, that'll do. <laughs> right, what's your favourite form of exercise? My favourite form of exercise is, it's got to be a HIIT workout, an all-over-body, high-intensity, no-rest workout. Nice. Come in. Um, probably this question is probably pre pre your diet, but what's your favourite cheese? Oh yeah, I so I don't eat dairy anymore. My favourite cheese was uh, it was a strong, deep blue cheese. It was my favourite cheese? Ooh. Yeah, it's See, strong blue cheese. Strong blue cheese. Right, and then final one. What's your favourite track of all time? It actually, it's changed. And my, my, my new, not new favourite track, but my favourite track over the last seven years, it's now Miguel Adorn. And that's only because it's now Grace and, and my, it's, it's our song. So right, it's, nice. uh, yeah, Miguel oh, Adorn. Quite romantic. Love it, love it. Love Miguel it. Adorn. It's a great track. Yeah, yeah, it it's is. It's a yeah. great track. That's a sexy track. You can't yeah. help but just sing over it when it comes on as well. But just like click your fingers and just like vibing, right? Brilliant. That's a wrap from us. Uh, thank you so much, Ash, for for coming on, taking the time to get involved with the Off the Record podcast. Pleasure. Uh, I've enjoyed it. I could have chatted all day. I know it's brilliant. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I'm sure our listeners have also enjoyed it and a bit of an insight into the brands that you've been involved in over the years. Uh, so that's it from us. It's uh, time to say goodbye. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. You can find us all on socials, which will be in the description below. So that's it from us. Thanks once again for listening. Uh, Please continue to share with your friends, download, leave us a review. I hope you've enjoyed the 615 Off The Record podcast. That's it for me, Tom DeLips and Cammy Fox. Yes, and thank you, thank you, and we'll see you next week on 6.15's Off The Record podcast. 6.15 Off The Record.